Hey girl, welcome to the She's Known podcast. This is a place to laugh, to be vulnerable, and of course, to grow in faith in our everyday lives. My name is Lauren, and I'm your host and big sister guide of sorts. Life is a hot mess, but it's so much easier when women like us can come together to be known. What's up, friends? So in this week of What I Wish I Knew, I am tackling the popular slash scary topic of what I wish I knew about singleness. Yes, I know. I know. It's a hot topic. Um, There's so much I've learned from this. I could talk on this for probably an entire series, but I'm going to try to condense it and stick to the basics today. But... Before we get into the nitty-gritty, the meat of the episode, uh, I first wanted to start with my hot mess moment of the week. It's actually not of the week. It happened to me not long ago, but it's still a comical story. I've told it to my students multiple times in my classroom, and I'm going to share it with you guys because I still find it hilarious. So um, I was chased by a goose. Yeah, I'm an avid runner. Um, I used to run a lot in the mornings, like I'm talking four in the morning before the sun even came up. I've taken a hot step away from that for a second because um, another hot mess story for another time. I was stalked by a coyote. Yeah, I feel like animals, like wild animals are not a fan of me. Anyways, so I was running at like 4.35 in the morning. It was still dark out and I live close to a community with a lake. And so I would go. It's like a mile there. It's like a a little under a mile around the lake. So I would just run there. I'd run multiple times around the lake and then I'd run back. Uh, However, you know, how much time I had or based on like, oh, I really want to get to like this many miles a day or whatnot. Anyways, so at the lake, there's, you know, turtles and ducks and these other weird looking birds that I really don't know what they are. But people, you know, bring their dogs and it's it's a really cute little community. I love it. I'll just go and sit and I want to have a picnic there. Like, oh, that would be so awesome. I want to have a picnic there. Anywho, so I was running around the lake and I saw these geese and I had a flashback to when I was camping with my family when we were younger and my sister and I were uh, feeding ducks and then we got chased up a tree by the Um, the geese that were there because they wanted bread too, but they were like really aggressive about it. And then they were mean and they chased chased us up a tree. So I was like, oh, geese. Okay. Steer clear of them because they're not very nice creatures. So um, I ran a lap and I, I stayed pretty far away from them. And when I came back on my second lap around them, I was close to like the geese were on one side of me and they were in the middle of like the sidewalk area. And then on the other side of me was like this planter with a tree. So (laughs) I was like a little bit cornered kind of. So this big goose, uh, I don't know if they thought I was getting too close to the baby geese or what, but it kind of stood up as tall as it could, which was pretty much the same height as me when they like stretched their neck out and everything. Then it popped its wings out and started flapping its wings at me and hissing and like charging at me. And I freaked out and I was like, oh, cry. Ah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. There's a tree behind me. There's a goose in front of me. There's another goose behind that goose. Like, oh no, like what am I going to do? So I guess instinctually, I'm not sure why I did this, 
But I started flapping my hands back at it and hissing back at it and waddling towards it, doing the motion and the noise. And it like paused for a second and like looked confused, like I stunned it. But I stunned it long enough to run away. And then I did not do another lap. I just ran, ran home. <laughs> but um, that is my um, hot mess moment for this week's episode. Yeah, I know. It's embarrassing. There's, there was also a skunk that chased me one time. It was great. Um, anyways, <laughs> domesticated animals like me. The wild animals, not so much. So uh, thoughts on being single. Even if you are in a relationship, though, like hang tight. There's still things that you can learn from this episode, and there's still things that you can apply to your life in this episode. But I wanted to tackle this topic as someone who is in her late 20s who has not found her person yet. I'm 28. Next month, I'm going to be 29. I am single. I've been single for a while. I'm not dating anybody, but I do want marriage and I do want to be a wife and I do want, I want, I want that life. Right. But at the same time, who are the people that we get love advice from? People who are married. And I don't know about you, but as a 28 year old, it is extremely frustrating to get love, dating and marriage advice from somebody who got married at like 18 or 19. I know exactly what it's like. Before I met my husband, I was waiting on the Lord. Honey, you did not have to go through some of the temptations that I've had to go through. You have not had to deal with some of the stressors that I have had to go through. Like, congratulations. I'm happy that you found your person as early in life as you did. But like, I'm round in the corner at 30 and I am single as a Pringle. And, you know, just saying, well, you just need to wait on the Lord. I've been waiting on the Lord and I'm still trying to wait on the Lord and I will continue to wait on the Lord, but don't have your little righteousness 19-year-old married self trying to give me advice, child. Um, I mean, sometimes we can get really valuable advice from people of all ages, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you married somebody straight out of high school and you're telling somebody who's close to their 30s, just wait. They'll come when you least expect it. Like that's the worst advice. That is genuinely like the worst advice. Like I know you mean well and I know you're coming from a really like kind place, but that is – it's advice that we've been told and we're sick of hearing. And so I tried to think of ways that we could – you know, that we can apply to our lives in our singleness. Um, so, well, first of all, I told you I'm 28. I'm almost 29. I am single and I'm thriving. Thank you very much. I'm single and I'm thriving. I do want my person so bad. I do feel like it has been put on my heart um, as a purpose in my life to get married, to be an amazing wife and to be an amazing mother and to cultivate that faith in the next generation. Um, but I haven't gotten it yet. Keyword yet. I'm still hopeful. Um, I want my person, but I'm also chilling at life. I'm, what is that saying? Like I'm letting go and letting God, so to speak, all in his timing. And I know that's another frustrating one to hear is all in his timing, but I truly do believe it's his timing. Something that was said at, um, 
church the other day, my pastor said, God's plans for you are better than your plans for yourself. And I wholeheartedly agree with that because there are so many times when I was like, you know what, God, I know that you're telling me to go this way, but I really think I want to do this. And I think I know what's best. Even though you created me, you created the heavens and the earth, you created everything. I, in all of my wisdom as a young adult, know much better than you who created everything. And then um, jokes on me, God was right and I was wrong. So it's just, you know, it's about timing. We're in a season of waiting, but don't think of this season as a, oh, it's a season of waiting for my person. It's a season of waiting. So let me just sit and wait. Well, if you just sit and wait, like who's going to come into your life? The Amazon delivery guy? Like, no, you it, don't think of it as just a season of waiting. It's a season of actively waiting. But Lauren, actively waiting makes no sense. Y yes and no. Actively waiting is you're still putting in the effort to be the best version of you, to be the best daughter of um, our king, to be the best person that you are, instead of just sitting around and waiting like, okay, God, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. No, like you've got to have that growth mindset. So the four points that – or the three points that I want to talk about, and then I think I have a bonus point too, is – in your season of singleness, what I wish I knew as a young single was the three most important things to do is grow into grow in faith, grow in your character, and grow in community. So first, grow in faith. This is the time for you, you, uh, to figure out who you are in Christ and embrace the waiting. Being single is not a death sentence. I know that it feels like it is. And especially when people are like, you have the gift of singleness. Well, Karen, it doesn't feel like it's a gift. It feels like it's a curse. But in reality, it is a blessing. It is a gift. It's time for you to reflect, time for you to grow on who you are. In 1 Corinthians 7.34, it says, The unmarried woman is concerned about the things of the Lord, so that she may be holy in both body and spirit. But the married woman is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. While you are single, this is the perfect time to cultivate your faith and cultivate your relationship with God. If you know who you are in Christ, then nothing can take that away, not even when you are in a relationship. When you're single, you're focused on God. When you're in a relationship, you're focused on, oh, I have to take care of my husband. I have to take care of the kids. And God sometimes, unfortunately, becomes secondary because we're human. We're not perfect. But in your singleness, like you can grow in that. You can lean on him. You can build that spiritual foundation that we all need. And that was something that I did not realize that I needed. I used to be the the one, you know, in college, a lot of it like ring by spring. I'm here for my MRS degree, Mrs. Uh, but I, I was so, y'all, I was so desperate to find my person. Like, why did, why does she get to find her person? She's mean. Or why does she get, he get to get married? He's not a good person. Or I would create all these judgments in my head when in reality, that was just like a lot of ugliness in me, a lot of ungodliness in me that clearly needed to be worked on. 
and clearly needed to change. I was desperate to become a wife. I was desperate to become a mom, even if that meant falling into relationships with the wrong people because I thought that I could get there sooner. Took me so like years to figure out like, no, it's God's timing. And I finally gotten to the point where I'm so on fire for God and I'm so proud of my growth that do I still want to get married? Do I still want my person? Yes, I still do. But at the same time, I've also accepted the fact that if God calls me to be single the rest of my life and just to be the super cool aunt the rest of my life, like I'll do it. I'll do it for him. I still want my person, but if that's how if that's what he's called me to do, then that's what he's called me to do. Um, but in this season of waiting, you can grow your faith and lean on God. God. Let God build you. Let God work in you. I ask God all the time to search me and find anything that's not of him in me and to empty it out from me. God is uh, weeding, weaning, weaning out distractions, weeding out. I think it's weaning. God's weaning out distractions for you because if God isn't enough, then no significant other will ever be enough. If you can't find your happiness and your fullness and your wholeness in God, you that's the only place you can find it. So you'll just be empty or half half full or half empty with somebody else. So every trial, let's see, what's my next point? Every trial is a character building opportunity. Oh, gosh, I wish that I took this seriously. I've been through so many trials in my life. I'm thinking about doing a testimony series where I talk about my testimony and have some of my girlfriends on and they talk about their testimony. But trials are the building blocks of like our foundation. Every struggle or trial that we go through, don't ask why me, ask what is God trying to teach me through this so you can grow through it. It's a growth opportunity. Plus, being a follower of Jesus does not mean that life is going to be easy. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, went through so many trials and so much affliction. So as followers, why do we think that we're going to live? Oh, I've, I've accepted Christ into my life, so my life's going to be perfect now. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm so sorry to break that to you, but it's not. Jesus went through struggle. So therefore, as his followers, we're going to go through struggle too. But... If we stand firm in his truth, we'll prevail. Because the devil's going to constantly try to bring us down. What happens is we have to hold fast to our faith. And when we hold fast to our faith, God will reward us. Life's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it. Now, also, a really scary thing, not everyone is destined for marriage. I know as much as I want to be a wife and a mom, I know I briefly mentioned this a a minute or so ago. I also know that if God's called me to be single and called me to just love on my niece and nephew for the rest of my life, then I can rest in him and I can trust him. It might be difficult. Well, not it might be. It'll be, it'll be difficult because I truly do feel like I'm called to be a wife and a mom. But if he's called me down a different road, it's not like it's bad. Like a lot of people are always like, oh, you're single. There must be something wrong with you. Or you're single. Your standards are too high. Or whatever excuse it is. 
you know, you you can't do this until you're married. You can't do this until you have a significant other. Y'all, I was watching something on YouTube the other day that was, uh, it was a sermon from like, I think Red Rocks, Young Adults. I don't know, something like that. But this guy said something that hit me and it changed my perspective because I was feeling really down about, you know, oh, well, you know, you have to find, it's like the whole concept of you have to find a husband. You're not complete until you find a husband, blah, blah, blah. Like everything that society tries to push on you. And honestly, sometimes the church tries to push that on you too, right? We have um, married uh, ministries. We have children's ministries. We have young adults ministries. We have all these different kinds of ministries, but we don't have single people ministries. But what this pastor said was, you know, thank goodness you know, people are telling us that you, to start your ministry, you have to wait to have a significant other. Well, think of it this way. Thank goodness that Paul and, I don't know, Jesus did not wait until they were married to start their ministry. Because just in case you didn't know, neither Paul nor Jesus were married. Paul wrote a good portion of the New Testament. And Jesus is our Lord and freaking Savior. And they were both single and they did amazing, amazing things for the kingdom. So uh, that goes back to my other point, you know, like single, sorry, brain fart, train of thought derailment. Just because you're single doesn't mean that you can't do good things for the kingdom and you can't do good things for the God. In fact, it means that you can do amazing things for the kingdom and you can do amazing things for God. We're all facing trials. We're all facing struggles, right? But get to know him. I know in a previous episode, I mentioned the parable of the shepherd and the sheep in John 10, how to know what God wants for you, including a husband, you know, like, Lord, is this the man that I just, I went to a soda pop and ice cream date with this guy. Is he the one that you want to be my husband, right? If you really are going to seek for those answers from God, you have to be able to hear him. And in order to hear him, you have to know him. And in order to know him, you have to put forth effort to build that relationship. He wants us to hear his voice and not the voice of the world or the voice of the enemy. So read scripture, praise, worship music, watch sermons, go to church, pray. Y'all, the power of prayer is an insanely awesome thing. My friend Brittany is, I love her. She was like, yeah, power of prayer. And I was like, yes, I love power of prayer. And she goes, pop. And I was like, what? And she's like, pop, power of prayer. Let's pop. We got the pop. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, girl. I love that. So power of prayer. Power of prayer is such a big thing. Use your singleness, not as a waiting season, but to actively wait on God and to actively seek him and grow in your faith. All right, point number two, grow in who you are, right? We want to grow in God first, but then like grow in who we are. So let's get a little personal for a second here. Um, I am a long-term relationship kind of person. I don't just jump around from relationship to to relationship. Um, I'm commitment person. I, I'm in it to be in the long haul. (laughs) Like if, if we're dating, I'm, 
I'm thinking marriage could potentially work. And if we end, that's like, okay, marriage is not the thing for us. But I, um, three or four years ago, more give or take a few years. I don't know. I'm math is not my strong suit, but, um, a few years ago I was almost engaged. I know I was almost engaged and I am so, so glad and grateful that it did not work. Um, he was not the person that I wanted to marry, but we're not kind of looking at that. We're looking at ourselves and what we can do to grow because this is growing who you are, right? Taking a look at the person I was when I was in that relationship, both of us contributed to that broken relationship. I was not my own person. I was beyond codependent. I was still having a lot of anxiety. I was having a lot of depression. I'm a people pleaser, so I just wanted to make him happy. And I was, y'all, I was codependent like no other. It has taken therapy as well as the singleness and time on my own and time with God to cultivate the person I am now. I've grown so much in God. I've grown so much in the person I am. I'm constantly asking God to make me into the person that I need to be for my future husband. Like I know he's out there and I want to make sure that I am prepared for when he, like I'm, I'm the woman that he needs me to be just as much as I want him to be the man that I need him to be. But, um, there were so, there were so many hard times and so many struggles and obstacles that I faced, including this heartbreak. While I was the one that ended the relationship, it still took a big toll on me. But those were all steps in pushing me into being the woman of faith that I am now. And it's a continual thing. Like spiritual growth is not linear. It goes all over the place. And so I'm continually growing. But I did hold on and like clung to my favorite verse, which is Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be constant in tribulation, and be constant. Wait, no. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Um, some other versions also say be patient in affliction instead of tribulation. But in struggles, be patient. Know that God's there. He's going to push you through. He's doing every time you are in a struggle or a season of hard times, know that he is trying to grow you and teach you something, right? Another thing that I really like for growing who you are, be the person that the person you want wants. There's a bir- there's a first Proverbs 18, 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor in the Lord. That's ESV. The uh, New Living Translation says, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. It doesn't say he who finds a girlfriend, he who finds some hot chick. No, it's he who finds a wife. A marriage certificate and a ring does not make you a wife. Your character and your integrity makes you a wife. So who do you want to be? What kind of woman do you want to be? What kind of wife do you want to be? Make a plan and set intentions for what you want. Sometimes that looks like physically writing out qualities that you want in a person or writing out qualities that you want in yourself. Like what kind of person do you see yourself being in a year or two or five or 10? What kind of wife do you see yourself 
becoming. And then to add on to that, what kind of qualities do you want in a man? And I'm not talking about physical qualities. I'm talking about spiritual attributes, personality traits. What kind of character do you want your person to have? If you don't know, you might not find him. Think of it like this. When you go shopping you and you know what you want, you're for the most part in and out really quickly unless you go to Target. Then that's like the Target is like a black hole, like right? Target tells you what you need. You don't go to Target knowing what you want. Target tells you what you need. But most of the time when you go shopping, if you know what you want, you're in and you're out. Done, right? When you don't know what you want though, you just wander around and you get what you don't need. All right. <clears throat> so grow in who you are. Figure out what kind of person you want to be, the character that you want to be, and you figure out who you don't want to be, right? Grow. Actively try to pursue the person you want to be and actively try to correct the parts of you that you want to leave behind. All right, point number three, grow in community. Community has been a big way for me to grow in all areas, in my faith, in my who I am, uh, in happiness and joy and friendship. But community has been a huge, huge thing. You want to have people around you that are going to support you and love you and live life with you. So get involved. Maybe that's church. Maybe that's hobbies. Maybe that's volunteering, right? I am an outgoing introvert, so I self-isolated when the pandemic hit. California, specifically Southern California, we went on lockdown two months. Yeah, two months after I moved out on my own um, when I was like, oh, at 26, I'm a real adult. I I finally moved out. And then two months later, we had the pandemic. And that was so bad for me in some senses, but – It also created that season of trial produced such a beautiful afterthought. Uh, I finally got involved in my childhood hobby of horseback riding or my childhood dream hobby of horseback riding. And I did that for a bit and that was really nice. But I still was like missing some sort of fulfillment. Um, I thought that horses would fulfill that. I thought – that the community there would fulfill that. But I knew God was calling me to deeper connections with people who were like-minded. And so I started getting involved in my the women's community at my church. And I'm also a now a youth leader for the junior high and high school kids at my church. Some of the people that I've met through these places have become some of my closest friends. Plus, I really love working with teenage girls and helping them to learn to love the war, to blah, 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 to learn to love the Lord the way that I have. That was one of my purposes behind creating this podcast is I want to be for them um, who I needed, like spiritually speaking when I was younger. I'm so passionate about teenagers that not only is that my full-time job as a high school teacher, but it is also my volunteer time as a youth leader. I'm very passionate about this next generation, specifically the young women that we're trying to cultivate and shape into creating this world into a better place, right? Um, Another way I grow in community is I go to a lot of work events. I've found that that's a way for me to feel connected to my students and to my 
colleagues, but it's also a great way for me to plant seeds. The whole point of like, I feel like where I am is part of my ministry field, at least for now. And we're called to go forth and make disciples and plant seeds. But in order to do that, we have to be a reflection of him. There are so many people that I know that I look at them and I go, oh, there's something awesomely different about them. And I know it's Jesus. And I want people to look at me and do the same thing. So if I can go and support my students, go to work events, support my kids and my my student kids. I don't have actual biological kids, but support my student kids. Then they'll know like it's it's planting seeds and it's watering the garden and letting giving room for God to grow his love in other people's hearts. All right. And a bonus point, point four. Uh, I don't know if it's more of a point or the y'all let's stay strong in our singleness. Trust me. I don't want to be single, but here we are. Um, but I'm using, I'm trying to use my singleness to the best of, um, my ability and to, Glorify God and glorify the kingdom. So bonus thought, enjoy your freedom. I know it sounds so simple, but y'all, you have more freedom as a single person than you ever will as a married person. I know I'm so sorry to my future husband, but like right now I can do whatever I want and go wherever I want and I don't have to check it with anybody else. Uh, I can enjoy hanging out with people. I can enjoy looking like a hot mess on the couch with my cat and a massive bag of chips, gluten-free chips, of course, because I don't want to die. But uh, don't don't feel like meeting our Lord and Savior this soon. But uh, single people, we can go on vacation anywhere at any time without having to ask anybody for permission. Well, almost any time. But we don't have to ask anybody for permission. We can go on missions trips and make an impact for the kingdom there. We can spend whatever money or save whatever money we want. And we don't have to, like, check in with anybody. Also, on, like, a selfish perspective, I don't have to share a bathroom with a boy right now. I know that I will probably have to share a bathroom with a boy in the future. But until I have a husband, I don't have to share a bathroom with a boy. And as somebody who grew up sharing a bathroom with my younger brother, I know that, sorry, Kyle, I know that boys can be extremely like messy and stinky. I hope my husband's not, but you know, whatever God wants for me is what I'll get. But I get my own bathroom. I don't have to share a bathroom. And not only that is if I want a starfish in my bed, I can sprawl out and starfish. If I want to sleep in the middle of my bed or on either side of my bed or upside down in my bed, I can do that because it is my bed and mine alone. But enjoy your freedom. Enjoy your freedom. Cultivate, you know, the kingdom. Grow the kingdom. Find your passions. Find who you are, what you love to do, what you don't love to do. Explore things. Try different things. Because once you are locked in a marriage, not that it's a bad thing. Marriage is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And marriage does amazing, amazing things for God and the kingdom. But once you're in there, you're a lot more limited with time, 
with resources and with things that you are able to do. So enjoy your singleness. Again, I'm 28, almost 29. I'm single as a Pringle. I'm thriving. I do want my own person, but I am trying to live my life to the best of my abilities to make God happy, to make me happy, and to make a positive impact on the world around me. All right, that's it for this week's episode. In closing, I wanted to review our three plus bonus points of what I wish I knew about singleness. What I wish I knew is how to grow in faith, how to grow in your character or who you are, the growing community, and how to enjoy your freedom. As a single person, sometimes we get very self-focused and focused on us and what we want and what God's not doing for us when we don't look at the big picture of what we need to do for God and what we need to do for the kingdom. So grow in faith, right? Make sure that you're building that strong foundation of faith so when you do get in a relationship, your spiritual faith is planted and solid and you guys can just grow together in faith. Grow in your character and who you are. Singleness is a time for you to figure out who you are, what you want, and what you don't want. You got to figure out what you do want and how to get there and what you don't want and how to leave that behind. And then grow in community. Build your community. Um, If nothing else, think of it like, well, build you the people that you want to be in your wedding party, if you really want to think about it that way. Um, And then finally, enjoy your freedom. Don't be so blinded and desperate for a picture-perfect future that may or may not happen, that you forget the beautiful, beautiful, grateful things of today that you have. It's a beautiful day. You have a roof over your head, hopefully. Uh, Like, I have a cat. It's The sun is shining right now. I can sprawl out in my bed. I can eat ice cream for dinner if I wanted to, right? Enjoy your freedom. I also wanted to give um, a shout out to some other helpful tools and resources that I think might be super helpful for you guys. You guys should check them out. I've said it, I think, every episode so far. The For The Girl podcast, y'all. They have a relationship series on their podcast. They have a dating type personality quiz. I'm the committed. If you take it in your, I think there's like, uh, there's six. The cautious, the rescuer, the flirt, the committed, the independent. There's one more, but I'm the committed. Um, yeah, I'm the committed and they have some really cool they have a book how to prepare for your future love story everything for the girl i'm just i'm obsessed with them and the resources they have they've helped me grow so much closer to god and helped me grow into the the woman that i am today i'm so grateful to them um the girls night podcast i know i've mentioned that one as well um ben stewart he is a pastor i think of passion city church in dc i watch a lot of his sermons online but he has some amazing sermons he has a book out called single dating engaged and married it also has this really cool um study guide that goes with it get it do it with your friends i got it i'm really excited he also has an amazing youtube series that he did a few years ago called single dating engaged and married there's a sermon or like that goes through each phase of single, dating, engaged, married. 
Pastor Mike Todd also has a really cool relationship goal series on YouTube. Uh, the one that had a, a super big impact on me was the original re- relationship goals series. I haven't fully gone through the most recent one that I think he did like last year, but those were super helpful resources and tools. As always, get in the word, praise God, build a community. And who knows if you build that community, somebody in that community might lead you to your Mr. Right. But that's all that I have for you, beautiful people. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it helped you. I hope that it helped you realize that your single days are glorious and amazing and all of the other cliche single-isms that people say. But I love you guys, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Talk to you next week. Bye.